back to Star Wars Escape Pod and the final review for the Book of Boba Fett chapter 7 and uh, you know we're going to get into it with uh, with our co-host Blake it's a small party tonight <laughs> you know busy week and all that so uh, but we've been looking forward to this one for a long time so we're going to take a crack at breaking this thing down making some connections and uh, talking all about this story and where it could go from here Without further ado, let's get into it. Another happy landing. show like thank you sir uh i just want you should mark this double check that my audio is working i don't see anything on my end <laughs> yeah yeah i'm hearing you in the loud and clear okay all right yeah exciting exciting final episode yeah it's um a, a decent amount of stuff to talk about uh john favreau was the writer of this one robert rodriguez was the director and uh you know Series finale, bringing in a lot of familiar faces, a lot of character storylines that we were hoping to see for a while now. And uh, I don't know. I mean, the initial impressions is uh, like, would you say it kind of paid off um, or uh, just up front here? I really liked it. There's a lot of really fun, cool stuff. I'll admit at times it felt a little fan fiction-y to me, mm-hmm. I'd say. Uh, if I had to say negative, uh, and maybe that this should have been two episodes because I felt like they crammed a lot of stuff in. Yeah, they did cram a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I mean, uh, off the bat, actually, uh, I, well, I mean, I've I've got to say, I was I was impressed with this episode being uh, probably my favorite slash second favorite that Robert directed so far from the series. And um, I don't know. I'm I'm still actually. I think his best one is still probably the first episode because that one it didn't blow me away. But I think out of the ones he did, it was probably my favorite out of those ones. I thought your favorite was the the one that was the the homage to Spy Kids with the scooter chase. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. But nah, uh, man, I, don't know. I thought that's what it was. <laughs> it was uh, you know he's he's had he's had some some quirky moments through the episodes he's directed. And I find uh, 
any of the ones that he's done, it's involved the mods, right? Which have been a very controversial. Yeah, true. Everyone else ignores them. <laughs> yeah, it's been a very controversial group of characters to be thrown into Star Wars and, and their Vespas and everything like that. There was even um, my even my supervisor at work, like he he was like, any of you guys see that episode last night? This was a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lot, lots of Clone Wars connections. He's like, that Spear Jai sucked. <laughs> <laughs> It was really bad. I'm looking at the one. It was pretty awful. He called it embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, that was that was the word he described it, to use it. It it felt like it was a cut scene from a nineteen nineties video game. <laughs> it was just like I don't know. Was, I mean yeah. yeah, I mean I mean I feel like uh <laughs> I feel like I could linger on that just, just long enough. Anyway, this 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 episode kind of uh put them off to the side a little bit, but I just found it was kind of funny that this marks like his what was it, his like third or whatever episode that, that these guys have shown up in and it's true. And we got name drops for them, which I don't know if it was brought up in a previous episode, but I thought their names were actually really fitting for the main two. Did you catch what they were? <laughs> I, I there were like one syllable names, right? What were they? Again? Yeah, their names were trash and scab. Trash and scab, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's actually really accurate. <laughs> trash and scab. <laughs> hey trash, get in here. Scab, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> was it was scab the girl or was that the guy no scab was the guy at the eye and trash is the girl <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that was really funny it's pretty good names yeah um i mean actually you know before we uh start breaking down this episode i gotta mention uh what we did last week which was uh which was actually what was it was it this week it was it was a busy week it was star wars podcast day not too long ago and, this week, um, this week, yeah, yeah. So uh, it was Star Wars Podcast Day on uh, on the seventh. We dropped like a very special broadcast. Uh, we had a really good time on that one, actually. I th- it was uh, it went pretty well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I won trivia. Yeah, it was a good. Time. <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, ben Ben joined us, and uh, you know we played some Star Wars trivia, shared some stories, and uh, chatted some uh, some general Star Wars stuff. And uh, you know I feel like uh, if anyone missed that episode, go check it out, and uh, you can look at that up with the uh, hashtag Star Wars Podcast Day. Find uh, find an episode on all your favorite Star Wars podcasts across the internet. So that's all I got to say about that. But um, Or if you want to find us an easier way, just Google search Star Wars Podcast and scroll over a little bit and you'll find us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Easy peasy. We're, we're the only that's right. We're the one-stop shop. You only need to come here. That's um, right. Yeah, so this episode was called uh, Chapter Seven in the Name of Honor, and uh, it was actually uh, it was uh, it was very clear as to why that that title uh, was given to this episode. Uh, we can talk that, about that a little later, I guess, when the moment comes up. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, we start off with Boba and the Allies investigating Garza Whip's business, and uh, you know the mods convince them not to hide in the palace, but to stay with the people and. Uh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, I got someone to talk about even before this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, this is something that I was watching the episode with my brother-in-law, and he pointed this out to me, and I never noticed it. All right. Uh, so the intro song, Yeah. they're actually just saying Boba Fett over and over again. Did you ever notice that? They only revealed that at the very end of the episode. Did they even reveal it? I don't know, because that was at yeah. the beginning when, it, when my brother-in-law noticed it was uh, it was at the very it was the end credit sequence in which they they turned the theme into a lyric song but the the opening i believe was still the same it was it was still just the 
the the chanting. Because yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's in the background. Yeah, you can hear because yeah. I swear it was the beginning too. Because I think no, I just it was, heard it. When it was I just, just the, end. It. the beginning was a little different, but it wasn't the lyrics one until until the last. Till the, till Do we the, have it? Can we pull it up? I want to know. Yeah. Well, so okay. So I'll play a little bit of the stock one while I find the other one. Okay. Yeah, because uh, it's a little bit farther in, like it's not right at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. Okay. Just looking for the other one now. Let's take a listen to this one though. Yeah, because it comes in right after this, like, main thing. He, he sings a bit the first round, like the... And then it's right after. It's after this part. Right. That's what they're saying. They're going Okay, I got I got the I got the uh the opening credits for chapter seven right here, okay? Seven in the name of honor. Oh sorry, I still got the audio description on there. In case you didn't know the name. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. That's it. That's just the theme in the beginning. All right. So it just, it just a little bit of a, you know, and then the X wing and then the theme stops. And then if I go to the very, very end of the episode here, we're going to, we're going to take off into the stars. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we sound so squeaky over there. <laughs> So was this not in any other episodes? Was it just this one? It was just the end of this episode, yeah. Of this one specifically? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was how they finish it off. They finally give a purpose for the chanting. Fat! It's like duck, yeah. duck, duck, okay. duck, duck, okay. That makes me feel... <laughs> right? Yeah. That makes me feel less silly then, because I thought it took me seven episodes to figure that out. I feel like wait we, a minute. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it wasn't something we needed to figure out. It was just something that they kind of make, made reason of, I guess, or you know, or I guess gave an additional purpose for for uh, I don't know the same song. Do think give that, us some lyrics. Do you think this is uh, Tatooine's new national anthem? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> Boba. <laughs> Boba Fett! <laughs> oh my goodness. This is going to be clipped all over the internet. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, check out those losers on that podcast. <laughs> hey, wait, they're pretty good. Yeah. Oh, man. Tim, reach out to them. Get them a record deal. <laughs> all right, all right. Now we can get, right, we can get it out of the episode now. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's something definitely uh, <laughs> worthy of bringing up, that's for sure. But um, it slipped under the radar. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and one other thing before it starts. You're right. That's definitely Fennec's mask. But I will say, because look at the mask at the beginning. I thought I thought it oh, was the, the Star Wars helmet logo things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because when they're all one matched color and whatever, I, th- I don't know if the scaling's slightly different for hers compared to when she's wearing it in the show. Like, it looks sleeker when mm-hmm. they're doing just all the helmets together. 
man, when it's all blacked out like that, and I guess like uh, like simplified, it yeah. looks a lot like uh, Darth uh, Darth Revan. Revan, thank you. Yeah, I was gonna say Renick. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was um, I was thinking about that because like when I when I when I saw that again, I was like, oh yeah, I guess uh, the visor is kind of the the same, I guess, and it's funny that that um it's so similar i guess when it's just like uh, i guess i don't know what the right word is caricatured or kind of uh yeah you know. without the color yeah because it makes a huge difference when it's orange on top and the fact that she slides it around by the way it was funny because i th- i think darth brevin's mask is awesome and i think her helmet is ridiculous <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. I mean, they're so, but... so different, right? Like, like if you take the 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 the, the single two dimensional kind of front facing look, you know, with with a gray shade over top of it, it would look similar. But then at the same time, it's like you look at the actual helmet, and it's like, okay, one of them is a faceplate with a visor yeah. and like a thingy, and then the other one is an actual like helmet with like a almost like a ball cap. You know, thing rim yeah. on it with the whole like the yeah, whole bottom part is it's, like on it's a got hinge. a parking cone on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like a like a you know, um, uh, you know, a non-COVID safe mask part going on. Yeah, it's <laughs> like she's wearing a like a bucket. Yeah, yeah. I've never been fond of her mask helmet thing. I've never really understood the purpose of that because it's funny. The rest of her outfit's so good, and then the helmet just looks ridiculous. The the the, the helmet kind of reminds me a little bit of Zam Wessel, but instead of a fabric kind of mouth cover, it's just like mm-hmm. a hard shell kind of flimsy thing that just kind of hangs down and bounces around whenever she's walking around, right? So, yeah, she's always holding it. In this episode, I noticed several times she like moves it up and down so you like see more of her face. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and that's probably why we uh, we we see it in the opening logo. It's like a bit thinner than than it's the actual thinner. Show. Yeah, like, she which keeps makes it look it cooler. It's probably a director's choice too. They're like, hey, hey, just pull it down a little bit so we can see more of your face. Uh, it's like, well, if or it could be face, that she's doing. <laughs> It could be that she's pulling it down because she can't see anything. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor, t- poor Tem and uh, and uh, Pedro. They 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 gotta suffer through the whole helmet crisis. You know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can't just bumbling around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we start off the episode with uh, Garf uh, Garza business being completely destroyed and you know blown up kind of thing. Uh, and we got a moment of compassion there when the mods actually convinced Boba not to hide in the palace, but to stay and uh, kind of be part of the, the uh, protecting the people, right? And so there was a that didn't of, make any sense to me it, it because really they're going to attack where Boba is. So if he went to the palace, they would harm less people. Right, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, well, I guess you know because because it's like okay, they 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 blew up the the thing to kind of maybe draw him out or something like that because they, there was a bit of a discussion of this with with cad bane in the beginning of the episode as well uh and then cad bane's like well i gotta wait up drop mobile out you know and then uh the, the other guys are like okay great because like they're trying to kind of bring him out of his his hiding place right well it's like well yeah i mean if he's hiding in the palace or whatever like you know they're they're, they're obviously yeah, you're right. Like, if he's hiding in this place that they already blew up, there's other people still around. Like, they're going to get affected if they come after exactly. him there, right? So, okay, how about instead of a, a standoff in the, the public streets, you know, have it in the Dune Sea somewhere? <laughs> you know, yeah, there's like, a lot of options. Yeah, like, Boba, like Jabba's Palace is in the middle of nowhere. It's just safer to I thought that was, have the yeah. battle out there. Yeah. 
would have made a lot more sense, at least in my opinion. I don't know. I, just, I feel it, like they could have used the temple to their advantage as well. Like the, the palace uh, has a lot of, it would have been a really good opportunity. I mean, the, the city was cool and the, they, they probably chose that place because of the Rancor rampage. But at yeah, the same, at the I was thinking time, that too. Yeah. At the same time though, it's just like, well, the palace would have been really cool because like then we might've been able to see some more booby traps or something like that. Like maybe, maybe Jabba's got more than just a rancor pit going on. Maybe he's got some like things in the walls here and there. Or, like, uh, I don't know. It would have been like a neat experience to explore more of the palace and stuff like that. You're it right. Like, it would have helped their fewer numbers. It would have also the, the palace. Instead. Yeah. And it would have given a lot more significance to him shooting Bib Fortuna at the beginning and, and, and just taking it over. Right. It's like, okay, yeah, he's claimed the throne. Uh, you know, like w why not? Th like, this is the, ca the castle that he should be kind of like defending, right? Like maintaining the castle his... keep. Right? Yeah. The keep. Yeah. It's like, okay, he can't let someone else take the castle because that means like, they're going to take the leadership. That's, that's, that's Dethroned, yeah. Yeah, it's the concept that goes back to all kind of real-time strategy games or even historical <laughs> warfare. You know, you go after the the center point, right? Like, the the you go after the siege, like, siege the castle. You know, you go after the, the, the crown jewel, right? The Jedi temple, if you will, right? And uh, Jabba's palace is Boba's... Jedi Temple, right? Like that's like his that's like his crown jewel. Like the only reason why he can kind of be a proper crime boss is the fact that he sits on that chair. So uh, you know, if they really wanted to hit home, they they should have struck where at the palace, right? But whatever. <laughs> yeah, story, I, I, like like you said, it was yeah. a means for the story. I think more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was um, it was the modern's idea. So do we think it was that? Like, does it explain why it was? A poor decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's blame it on the mods. Yeah. Man, that idea is trash because it was suggested by the character trash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The, the, what kind of trashy decision is that? Oh, trash came up with it. <laughs> that explains, that explains it. it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, you know, let's uh, let's talk a moment about Cad Bane and the Pikes. Um Something um, I was trying to figure this out because this is uh, I don't know maybe I've maybe I'm bringing this up too early or maybe I'm maybe I don't know. Um, there's something about Cad Bane's character uh, which is worth mentioning. I was trying to figure out why does he not feel like he did in the Clone Wars, right? Uh, because this is now the second episode that he's popped up and it just keeps on going through my head. I'm like, okay, if I can get beyond the visual look of how they perceive this character in live action. Because we all know that Aduros looks different than what he does. Like, he's almost like a distorted, yeah. almost like part human, part Duros, right? He's not fully Duros yeah. in, in this depiction. I, I thought a big part of that is his head is so different. Yeah, it's the, the shape. shape of his head. It's, like, smaller, and his mouth isn't in the right place. So, um... That, I, that part bothered me less this episode. But I was thinking about the head shape, and he's got the tubes and, like, mm -hmm. all the stuff in the back of his head. Yeah. I'm wondering if what part of the Duro's head was removed when he became uh, modded. That's why it's smaller. Because that's all... He's got that, like, rubber thing that covers the whole area. Makes his head smaller. Yeah, but he's always had that. He's always had that, like, through the yeah. Clone Wars. Like, he's always had the tubes and everything. But then we've seen him without the hat. And he's got a Duro's head, right? Like, he's got the whole... Uh, 
you know, he's a hundred percent. I suppose that's true. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like, but I mean, yeah, there's a lot of those kind of like, well, what if, and, and then it's just like, oh, but, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I, I was trying to figure it out. I was like, if I can get past the visual look, what else about it? Is it that bothers me about, about this depiction? And it's then walk. it was something that somebody said on, like, I actually wrote it down. I, I found it on some website, I totally forget the name of it. Um, but, uh, the quote was in the Clone Wars, Bane always came across as cool and calm often with a sly grin on his face and, a, and you know, and the toothpick and everything going on. Um, it, it, and uh, I actually thought, like, yeah, the, t- the toothpick is a huge thing because that's a tick, right? Like, if you think of anyone who might be, like, an avid smoker or, like, a gum chewer, that kind of brings the character to how you would describe that person, right? And, w- you know, from what, <laughs> like, Darian mentioned, like, one of those weeks ago, it's like, he's like, where's the toothpick? Right. And like, that's like mm-hmm. the first thing you thought of. And it's like, it's funny that, you know, that, that, that's the first thing that came to mind because that tells me that that's a huge part of that character. Right. It's almost like Cad Bane shows up and he's not got the big hat. And to be fair, this hat yeah. was smaller, but you know, it's like, okay, yeah, the toothpick is a huge thing. First off. That's, that's funny. I didn't even notice he didn't have a toothpick. <laughs> secondly, <laughs> secondly, uh, it says, um, it says in live action, uh, they also, uh, you know, oh, sorry, I already mentioned that. Yeah, so uh, so basically the sly grin on his face and, like, the cool, calm demeanor just didn't really come across fully, I think, with this iteration. Like, they didn't, they didn't, the toothpick is almost, to me, it's like, it's something you do when you're bored. You know, like, a toothpick is like, you stand there, like, kind of leaning up against a wall, you got a toothpick in your mouth. You know, that's how we perceive Cad Bane throughout the animated shows, right? Um, doesn't give a crap, right? It's like, okay, yeah, if someone could pull a gun on me and he'd be like, I wouldn't do that if I were you, you know, whatever. Like he's, yeah. he's not, in yeah, a, yeah. he's not in any means to be uh, threatened or whatever. Like this guy is not frightened, right? Of anything. And uh, you know, he's got this cool, calm demeanor, but every time we see him, he almost looks a little uptight about something. He's like, uh, <laughs> you know, he's always, uh, he's always trying to challenge somebody. He's always like uh, staring them down, and it's the mouth movements of he's always making this face like this. Uh, yeah, that's true. Up. He's, yeah, he's always scrunching. Yeah, he's just showing his teeth and scrunching his lips up too. That, much. That's exactly a part of that. I think is because his mouth doesn't close all the way, and I think, I think it's part of the prop. Well, because, no, he, he uh, closes right out because he does this, like kind of like scrunches his lips together. Yeah, he kind of like yeah. Okay, it doesn't close right, but because yeah. like the last episode, not this one, but last one, it looked like he couldn't close his mouth all the way, and then his teeth are always sticking out, and it looked like he had buck teeth. <laughs> I just, and it I looked don't know. so I just, ridiculous. I think it was just a performance thing, right? But um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how they did the voice with the live action guy either, but. Uh, you know, Cad Bane. I was I was listening to, uh, to a part of of you know the the audio uh, for Cad uh, uh, Bane. Cad Bane versus Obi Wan Kenobi. Now, th- now this this moment is like this happened a while ago. So like you know, no uh, crazy massive judgments. The the voice actor has aged. Let's keep that in mind. But let's just take a listen at this this little sample here. All right. Who could have done this? Bane. Looks like we're both too late for the party. So this is not your handiwork? No, I wouldn't have made such a sloppy kill. He's got this, like, phaser 
kind of like this uh, mm-hmm. reverb. Uh, reverb. Of, yeah, more of a reverb kind of like a phasery uh, post effect on the voice, which really adds but, a lot. We looked up the character's voice last episode or after episode yeah. six, we were reviewing and it didn't sound like this. <laughs> right, exactly. So now let me play uh, a little bit of a, 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 oh, actually, let me play a little more of that. Um, what so season was this? This the, is uh, of the, of the Clone Wars. Um, this was, uh, sorry, what, what, one second here. Oh man, what was this episode? This was the, uh, the hunt for zero episode. So, um, I think it was season, either season two or three. I think it okay, was something so it's really early. Yeah, yeah. So a bit earlier in the show. Yeah. Um, whereas the last like recording around here, was it? The last recording last episode, I think it was from Bad Batch when we played it. Yeah, so I'll play a little bit of that too. Let's uh let's keep listening to this one. Clone Wars. Making any trouble between us. Are you forgetting how you held the Senate hostage? I may not be capturing Zero, but you are going to prison. Well, now that you mention it, the separatists are paying a million credits a for a Jedi. All right, now let's listen to Bad Batch. The next Lotto Max jackpot is an estimated 15. You're right, it's so different. (laughs) (laughs) The next Lotto Max jackpot. Okay, okay, let's listen to Man, Cad Bane sold out. (laughs) Okay, let's listen to Cad Bane from The Bad Batch. Does not come with a guarantee. I've taken down so many clones over the years. Once you figure out one, the rest are easy. You're in for a surprise. I doubt that. He's a bounty hunter. Ain't you smart? The kid's got it all figured out. You're in trouble now. Who hired you? Son, that's confidential information. So they eased up a lot on the uh, the sound effects that go with his voice in the Bad Batch, which is uh, another evolution to the voice changing. And then mm-hmm. it's uh, also deeper. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then uh, now let's take one last listen at his most recent appearance in this episode. What's your angle? This is my city. These are my people. I will not abandon them. Like the Tuscans. Don't toy with me. I'm not a little boy any longer. And you are an old man. I'm still faster than you. That may be. But I have armor. Let's find out. So it's not super far off of the Bad Batch one, I guess, in some things. Some of the things he says is more kind of on point. But I feel yeah. like I feel like the most screen time that Cad Bane ever had was in the Clone Wars. And we're so used to that depiction that I feel like in the Bad Batch, even though his voice was slightly different, the visual appearance of him was the same. So it kind of helped with the blend, right, with the, with the transition. Uh, what's so kind of jank think, about this new iteration yeah. is like not only are we noticing the voice isn't isn't as phasery, but it's also this very vivid, different looking Cad Bane that we've never been introduced to before, which is live action. 
So that's why I think it's a lot of things on top of each other that are kind of stacking up to me kind of feeling a little uneasy about about this Cad Bane kind of appearance thing going on. I also noticed that his walk is really goofy. <laughs> I, it's it's probably because there's a guy wearing a mask and he can't see anything. Right. But both last episode, already watched it, I noticed, and this episode, uh, specifically right after Boba and Cad Bane talk for the first time at the blown up uh, at the blown up cantina. Mm-hmm. And then they decide not to duel and Cad Bane walks away. You can watch him walk and he looks like a, a person walking around with the lights off in the house trying to like feel his way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Almost <laughs> like he can't see where he's stepping kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that looks so bad. <laughs> and and, and yeah. that honestly, to me, yes, it, like it's not like a hero moment, but it makes him not feel as like like cool. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, speaking of which, I mean, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but but yeah, I feel like maybe the costume was done in such a way that maybe he couldn't see at all. Like maybe the eyepieces, because they kind of glow, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it was like, yeah, you can't see a thing in this thing, but you could just gotta like perform, do the lines, you know, focus on the, focus on lining your, uh, focus on doing the the dialogue, which we'll dub over later. But uh, whatever they did, it was like. Uh, you know, you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe the way that he talks, maybe he was doing the lines where whoever was playing him on set. And then when it came later to doing the dub over, maybe, uh, I forget his name now. Is it Corey Burton? Uh, he, uh, he would have had to have match, maybe yeah. match that, uh, that the other trail, guy. right? Yeah. Either it was that. And that guy maybe, didn't do the right timing. Right. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he was a bit slower or something like that compared to the way that Cad Bane normally talks. And maybe, maybe I thought it was too fast. Wasn't, wasn't slow enough or yeah. Or, or, or too fast. Yeah. Maybe it was just something, it was something about the performance that was kind of disconnected. Right. Um, and maybe, the, maybe this is a conversation like worth kind of bringing up again about something we brought up before about how, how they portrayed Ahsoka, which is another like kind of stark contrast in a way. I think maybe a bit closer than Cad Bane, honestly, but uh, there was something very much missing about Ahsoka when I saw her. And for me, it was the voice, right? It was Ashley's voice Mm. that was missing from the heart and soul of that character. And there, you know, no disrespect to Rosaria Dawson. She did a great job and she's been doing a great job with Ahsoka. But, uh, you know, there's definitely something to be said about a character that we all fall in love with uh, because uh, you know, not just because of the, of the great animation behind the facials and the movements and whatever it is a hundred percent, the voice and animation that really drives a character home in the moments that it matters. Right. And you know, cause, cause uh, I mean, quite frankly, like we could be listening to the Clone Wars on an audio show instead of like watching it. And like, as much as I love the animation, like, like Ahsoka also, or Ashley does the audiobook for the for the book Ahsoka, right? And uh, and like it's it's like you know it's mostly the majority is like her voice that actually brings that character to life, and uh, you know it's not just anyone can voice Ahsoka, right? Like after all these years, like Ashley's performance—it's yes, been so has, long, yeah. Hearing the same person, yeah, and it's it's really like Ashley's performance that's kind of made Ahsoka uh, so successful because like I remember her being this whiny character that nobody liked. And then three seasons later, she was actually awesome. And it's like, who who's responsible for doing that? And, and like, as great as the animation is, it wasn't necessarily just that alone. Like the the voice behind that maturity 
the you know maturing that character in in three seasons uh that was all ashley right and so like i think a lot of people respect that character because of her and when she's not in the show in the skin of ahsoka tano there is something kind of fundamentally missing about that performance right and and that's kind of what really used to drive it home for me with that character which is i find is a little lacking uh with the most recent portrayal so that translation from animation to live action will always be i think the toughest thing that they'll ever do um and yeah uh, you know what i think i do agree with that because on one hand like specifically with ahsoka mm -hmm. it doesn't bother me as much her as a character uh you know i've kind of gotten used to uh, th this live action version but that being said if i really think about it it doesn't feel like the same character right yeah it feels like a slightly different take right like like a like a, like a different universe version <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah almost like um i don't know like a like a weird kind of double going on or something like that it's like uh it's like <laughs> an imposter <laughs> it's like i'm watching spider-man <laughs> played by you know Andrew Garfield instead of Tobey Maguire. Like, it's still Spider-Man. I still think it's awesome, but it's still different, right? And it's just not the same as what the, it used to be. And uh, and so, yeah, it's like, and I love both Spider-Man, but it's just, um, it's just, it's just a taking getting used to, right? Uh, so when it came to the Clone Wars, I remember thinking the same thing when we heard Anakin for the first time. And Matt Lanter was the performance behind Anakin Skywalker. And I remember thinking like, wow, that is quite a stark difference. I mean, instead of, uh, <laughs> you know, instead of um, trying to think of a good Hayden Christensen line, right? Uh, you know, it's coarse and rough and it gets everywhere. You know, <laughs> I don't know, something like yeah. that. Where, you know, instead of that, it's like, <clears throat> Rex, we need clones on the front line over there. And uh, Soka, come over here. You know, <laughs> you know it's just like a little right, more right. kind of like, <laughs> but, like, yeah more c commanding less whiny yeah 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 a lot a lot more less dry and whiny and and kind of monochromatic and and a lot more kind of uh with it you know and and um uh you know i quite like hayden christian I, you know that's not a, a a swing at his performances or anything i always thought that the the voice behind anakin actually made a lot of sense when it came to putting that into a darth vader suit it's like wow it's the same guy like but that's also funny too. Father, you know, like it just kind of, yeah, yeah. kind of works, right? But but it's funny how this is. That's the reverse. How yeah. you prefer the animated version, which came after the live action version? I think in my head because the visual portrayal adds a lot as well, right? So going from live action down to animation, there's a huge kind of like, okay, this is this is different, right? Because we're we're now taking a step back from live action. We're kind of going a bit cheaper with how this uh, storytelling is done, and. Uh, as much as I love animated stuff, it's like there is a disconnect there visually between the live action stuff, right? Between the films. And then with that, it's like the voices are just kind of this additional layer of that. And they, as you watch the show more and more, they start to kind of grow on you and you start to digest it a bit more. And you spend a lot of time with those characters and you kind of, it's funny because by the end of the Clone Wars, I almost forget that there's two actors that play this character because I've just accepted the voice of Anakin in the Clone Wars and I've, I'm, and I've, known the voice of Hayden as Anakin for years, right? So it's just this weird kind of like these two people play the same character just as James Earl Jones plays Darth Vader, which is the same character. There's these amazing actors that all play the same guy and somehow my brain has just connected them all. And I think it's just going to take us all a lot of time yeah. to get used to these live action animation translations because they're just giving us to it like boom, like 
Ahsoka shows up, boom, different actress, different look, you know, our brain is just supposed to accept it. And, and over time, yeah. I think we will, but you know, so that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. More screen time. Because More screen time. Yeah. W- one thing that is a huge difference is for Anakin specifically, we get him in the, like several films, two yeah. films with Hayden Christensen. And then we get what, like 300 hours worth of the animated version. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's a lot of time for, yeah, you to make that connection that it's the same person. Yeah. It's either 300 Whereas, hours of a show or 300 hours of watching the same two movies, <laughs> yeah. which we've all done. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, gotta watch it, uh, 130 times. Yeah. yeah. I see Star Wars over 900 th- or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good point, but uh, you better hit the spoiler button. Oh, really? Okay, all right, let's do it. Spoiler button. Uh, oh, no, that's the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're not going to get that opportunity with Cat Bane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that was, uh, that's, a good, that's a good one. Yeah, so with Cad Bane, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something bringing up. It's like, uh, you know, he's gone, right? So it's like, okay, well, the live-action portrayal of Cad Bane, we're not going to see him again. Uh, so it's just a matter of time going by that we all just kind of accept it as time goes by. Because, you know, we're all going to rewatch the show and everything like that. At least I hope so. You know, all the... All the, yeah. All the... Uh, the, the, the uh, well, a lot of people are going to watch these shows, right? Um, so, and just, go ahead. In that earlier series too, right? Like, yeah. uh, for all we know, he's going to be in the Obi Wan series, right? right. So. Yeah, actually, that's a great point. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, we might not see him going forward in the shows that follow this story, but yeah, that's a great point. I mean, we could see him again in a previous show, and then maybe that's their chance to change up the portrayal of how they're visually showing up with this look, right? Because he has aged. And that's definitely something to keep in mind as far as the excuse goes for Cad Bane. I don't want to call it an excuse, he, but yeah. I mean, like I hate to call that's it. That's why he walks. Yeah. He walks like an old man. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I actually wrote something Shuffling. down here. Yeah, I wrote something down here as to um, as to the, the face-off between Boba and Cad Bane. And there's a little bit of an exchange here, which is really cool. You actually heard it when we were playing the audio back, but uh, Boba says like, I'm not a little boy any longer and you are an old man, right? Like he says like this, he, he makes yeah. it obvious, like in one line, he kind of confirms to everyone who already knew this and t- to people who didn't that they have a really long relationship. Like they, these, these guys go back to when Boba was like 14 years old. And uh, there's a second line that they, actually uh, also confirms not only that, but also that Boba was his apprentice. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he says uh, you've uh, something about how you've gone soft in your old age or something. No, no, he says I've got one lesson left to teach. Oh, yes, 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 Uh, yeah, Cad Bane's last lesson. Yeah, I've got that wrote down as a note as well. Yeah, Uh, which was such a cool like little addition to the face-off between these two characters that have known each other since like the early days of the Clone Wars. Um, It's also worth remembering or knowing that that Cad Bane it's only established kind of in the comic books, I guess, and not so much in the show. But Cad Bane was once the apprentice slash mentored by Django before Django had Boba. And then... Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah. And then when the Clone Wars struck and Django died, Cad Bane rose to the position of the galaxy's kind of best bounty hunter at the time. 
And then Boba was just this, this kid that was kind of living in the shadow of his father's legacy. And, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time with those characters over the Clone Wars. And then uh, up until now, we've kind of assumed that Cad Bane had died until they brought him back in Bad Batch. But, uh, but you know, that now they've kind of reaffirmed, okay, Boba became an established bounty hunter. I, uh, you know, and maybe he was, he was known as one of the galaxy's greatest at the time of the Empire. Uh, but Cad Bane was clearly the 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 best during the Clone Wars period, right? Uh, so we got yeah. these two really big bounty hunter characters now, kind of having a standoff. Both of them having had the same mentor, as well as one of them having had both his own father and Cad Bane as mentors. So there's a lot going on here, which is really really cool to see. And uh, you know, as far as like, I mean, I got my gripes about the 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 look and the sound of, of this, of this portrayal of Cad Bane. But, uh, you know, it, it was just so cool to see him in live action regardless and, and have this moment, right. Like with, with Boba. So. Agreed. Agreed. Do we want to talk about the duel now or should we save that? Till it's, uh, uh you know, I mean, like, I feel like everyone listening to this has seen the episode. I feel like maybe we don't need to spend a lot of time. We've already gone through 40 minutes so i mean you know i don't feel like we don't need to recap the episode as to what happened but yeah let's feel like feel free to just jump around here and talk about whatever is interesting uh, so let's let's talk a moment about the fight because yeah that's that's kind of a big one you got something that yeah i want to bring up about that yeah yeah like because i went back and i rewatched the animation reel and i compared it to this duel because the story beats are essentially the same thing i mean mm-hmm. give or take the, the ending but you're talking about the unfinished clone wars uh, reel right that's right yeah, yeah the unfinished clone wars reel that came out maybe, maybe we should play a couple this. months of, should, we, should we play the audio quite, for, for everyone who's who's hasn't seen this before you're gonna want to skip a bit ahead uh if you're gonna look up at least the one that i watched the uh yeah the unfinished kind of episode here right um i do have yeah. it i do have it yeah uh, so this is for anyone who doesn't know there, there was many more episodes of the Clone Wars that was yet to be produced before it was canceled after uh, season five had finished up. They'd done a few of season six episodes. They had proxy animation for the remaining of season six. They had planned to do eight seasons of the Clone Wars, which obviously never happened. And uh, for a long time, uh, even today, to this day, there's still 20 something odd episodes of Clone Wars that um, exist either in a story in paper or um, as part part uh partly unfinished animation which is called proxy animation is something that they do before they animate the episode uh to kind of make a a three-dimensional storyboard as to how they're going to frame the shots how they're going to move the characters around all that stuff um and uh one clip that they released a couple years ago in uh i think it was either celebration or uh or maybe a comic-con or something like that dave filoni or pablo or whatever shared a little bit of a season seven episode which had led uh, Cad Bane and Boba Fett to spend a lot of time together. It really focused in on the mentorship between uh, Cad Bane and Boba, and uh, it ended up being a bit of a uh, a bit of a, a rivalry as well. Because by the end of the arc, in the final episode, uh, they actually have a Western style standoff, very similar to what they've been kind of doing with Cad Bane this entire time in Book of Boba with Cobb Vanth and all that stuff. And uh, this is the audio that follows. I wouldn't be so hasty now, boy. He's got the toothpick. 
Let them go, Bane. This isn't their fight anymore. Always fighting for those in need. That's a quick way to wind up poor or dead. It's worth noting that in the Clone Wars, like that's that's something that they've already established with Boba. It's like always fighting for those in need, you know. Like he's always, he's pointing it out to Boba that he's he's fighting for other people right now, um, which is a pretty it's true substantial thing to have. Yeah, I guess the problem is it just even in the Clone Wars here, it goes against people's belief of who Boba was from the original trilogy. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's keep listening here. Always fighting for those in need. That's a quick way to wind up poor or dead. And probably No more innocent people are going to die. All be locked up, all live in fear. Looks like your little insurrection has failed. Now surrender, and I'll let your friends walk away. I say, they give the kid his shot. That's Bosk and Embo there. So that's it. Just you and me then. Yes, it is. He's also using his father's Westar blasters. It's exactly what I was going to bring up. <laughs> Got the standoff going, close-ups of the eyes, the hands hovering by the guns. headshot and then we see Boba's flaming helmet on the ground leaving the very iconic dent in the forehead uh, which was caused by Cad Bane so like there's, that's kind of the reason why a lot of us really want to see that episode arc finish because it was such a cool moment and until um, until they had the bad batch until they revealed that Cad Bane actually survived um, they've always told us that they consider that those Clone Wars arcs were canon um, behind the scenes, right? Like they developing new stories. They've always looked at those as having had happened. And uh, when they did the Bad Batch, I was very surprised to see him. And then they showed him with this plate on his the side of his skull, right? As if it was been patched up or healed or whatever. So they kind of made excuses to like, oh, okay, maybe he lived. Um, and there's a bit of a retcon with the sense that uh, leaving a blaster to the helmet like that, leaving a scar the way it does, uh, is not how we've perceived Beskar so far in The Mandalorian True. or any of these live-action shows, for that matter. They just kind of go ping, and they just kind of disappear, right? Yeah, bounces uh, off or whatever. Yeah, regardless, though, such a cool story, and, uh, you know, the story between them goes back quite far. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's worth comparing these two side-by-side side because this was, without a doubt, a live-action take on the same event, right? Mm -hmm. And 
honestly, I don't think it it did the same amount of impact as it did in the original animation version. It's true. And that's not even like full animation. Like we're looking at proxy animation here, right? No, um, like because this is why the biggest reason I wanted this to be a two-part episode is I wanted more emphasis of the the connection between these two characters. Yeah. I wasn't expecting them to bring in the duel this fast. Like it felt like like the crime did too many things and this suffered the most out of anything in the episode because of it. Yeah, and, and I, I really wish they still would have used Django's pistols. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Boba doesn't have them. If they're in the Rancor pit or what, but it's a Rancor pit. Sorry. Well, he didn't it's have uh, he didn't have the pistols throughout his original trilogy kind of suit look going on either. So um, I've always assumed that at some point he, you know, traded them up for the carbine that he carries around the the big huge the big blaster. Uh, he's also got a small little sidearm, but yeah, I just always thought like, okay, at some point maybe he lost them, maybe whatever. But yeah. um, in the thirteen thirteen canceled Star Wars video game, Boba Fett was also portrayed with Django's Westar blasters. So maybe there's something there, you know? Maybe maybe if he shows up in the Bad Batch, maybe he will be wielding them. Um, I know at one point in the Clone Wars he was when he was not wearing the Mandalorian helmet, but he was wearing uh, some other some other helmet. Well, he was e- evolving yeah. into that character, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe at some point we'll see him with those again. We'll find out what happened to those blasters. But yeah, it was just kind of like it meant more, right? It was, yeah, and it was it was weird to me that he had a rifle in a standoff, like a yeah, like a Western didn't high right. noon standoff. Yeah. No, I felt like they did a better job with the standoff in the previous episode with the marshal than yep. they did with Boba in this episode. It yep. probably came down to time, but we saw Boba had a, like a blaster pistol. So I, I feel like they should have used that. And it would, it would have felt better. I hate to say Even it, though, but I, I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like it was also director's thing. Like, I mean, you know, we all love possibly. Dave Filoni because Dave Filoni did the last episode. This was Robert. True. That's actually a really good point. That might be the problem. Yeah. Because Dave Filoni loves old Western movies, and he takes after George. Yeah, and he and so, he and he he did that episode that we all love from the proxy animation, right? Like that's that's Dave right there. So for someone else, man, to they should have brought that, Dave in for just this scene. I know they they should have. Well, I mean, I feel like maybe maybe like he's a busy guy, right? So maybe they were like, "Okay, hey, Dave, you get one episode. Which one do you want?" <laughs> and then he just chose the one with all the good characters in it, right? But he also wrote that one right. too. But, um, you know, to be fair, though, I mean, I feel yeah. like you're right. Like this moment should have been postponed. They should have made like a, a like a, another like an eight episode series, kind of like Mandalorian. And then did a full episode focused on the rivalry between Cad Bane and, and Boba Fett. Yeah, they needed to like, explore that more before the duel. And the other thing that really bothered me about it is in the original animation, Boba and Cad Bane shoot each other at the exact same time, mm-hmm. which proves the which shows that Boba is finally at the same level as this as the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. Yeah, and then in this one, he just gets shot up a bunch of times. Yeah, because he's like, not he's, he's not as good. Well, Cad, well, yeah, and the, like I think a lot of things kind of contribute to that, right? Like you're right, like he's not wielding a sidearm at, for this duel. He's also Cad Bane also says, I'm still faster than you. You know, he's still, and he actually says that in a way yeah, that, but that means, think, 
It, well, it's it, not canon. Well, it made me think like they were the same speed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hold on a second here. Like, you're saying, like, I'm still faster than you. But, I mean, he also shot you, right? <laughs> like, if, we're, if yeah. we're looking back at that Clone Wars episode, like, they were like, the same speed, right? So, um, is that true? Not really. I mean, like, I, I feel like uh, maybe it was just a little retort or something like that. But Yeah, but like Boba says, like, maybe so, but I have my armor. And then, you know, it happens where he's not faster and the only reason why he lives is because he has armor i feel like we just keep they keep bringing doing the same thing in the series where boba isn't as good as much of a badass as he should be and it really bothers me and this is this is like a very it's a very difficult thing to kind of to to work with i think when doing a show like this because you know in order to make a character arc in a way, like they have to tear that character down almost to rebuild the character. And the part of his story arc in this show is that like he's kind of reinventing himself and everything, but there is some things that they just shouldn't, they shouldn't change, right? Like they shouldn't go back on how quick of a draw he is, you know, like, um, you know, I feel like uh, it's like that, that, that gunfight should have gone completely different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, because yeah. the last episode. Yeah. Cad Bane was, he proved himself to be like the fastest, right? He like, he, he quick drawed and he shot the marshal and he shot the deputy. And then I thought then in this episode or whenever they did the duel, it would show that Boba is better than him, which would make, you know, that would mean like he's faster than everybody. Mm-hmm. But instead they, they skipped on that and he limps along just being lucky because he's got his dad's armor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I get that they also wanted to use the the gaffy stick to like show where he came from whatever what he's learned i know that's that's part of it but when we have the story reels that already happens like you feel like they they had to cut a lot to do that yeah yeah no and you're you're right i think like it all comes back to this whole thing was just very rushed within the finale episode and uh, a little more main thing more proof of why uh of, of more proof of this is very apparent when uh we get the scene with Fennec Shand at the very tail end of the episode, making very quick work of all the heads of the crime families and the Pike Syndicate leaders in Mos Eisley. And freaking just like, boom, all of them dead. Like in a matter of like 20 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Like that could have been a whole that episode. That could have been a whole episode, dude. Like that, that was a that was the plot for a whole episode. They could have gone hunting these dudes down. And, uh, you know, we got a whole clan of bounty hunters going on. Black Chrysanthemum, Boba Fett, Din Djarin, Fennec Shand, you know, like the whole group of them. And uh, you're telling me that the leaders of the crime syndicate families of Tatooine are killed in 20 seconds by one person. <laughs> like, like, what it's are the odds, she's, right? She's Batman now. Like, like it might as well she's just, Batman. Yeah, <laughs> she's Batman. It's like, I mean, that, that, that there was a lot of potential there for storytelling that just kind of went wasted on the last two minutes of the episode. Yeah, and, uh, it's because they need to wrap it up. But if they, if, yeah, because like I get they put the Mandalorian stuff in because I think it'll serve a bigger purpose in the long run because they need, need to set all that stuff up to why, like to keep the timeline straight. Yeah. But that was two full episodes spent mm-hmm. on Mandalorian, which they could have 
used to make this episode flushed out more and like let it breathe a bit. You yeah, know? or they just make the season longer. I mean, like you know, this last yeah, episode, this last episode finally felt like. Uh, actually, we got one other one or maybe two others that felt good in terms of length, but uh, this one was like an hour. So sixty minutes. Yeah, even, yeah. It was the longest episode of the season, and I feel like it still needed to be longer to tell the story it was trying to tell. It should have been two episodes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. One thing that... I wondered though, just because we talked about uh, Fennec in that final room, why were all of the crime lords in there and there's only two security guards? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was weird. And they're man. all they're like they're like, let's go hide in the post office. They'll never think of there. <laughs> Actually, I want to say something about this uh, her dagger because I was I was listening to the audio description. So this is what I do every time I, I watch the episode. I do a midnight release episode 12 o'clock boom i'm sitting down on my on my couch at midnight to watch the the episode right and then uh afterwards i go to bed and then the next day or whatever the day that we're doing the show uh, i watch it again except this time i watch it with subtitles and audio description which is uh something that we got a little peek at earlier with uh, when i was trying to play the clip um but <laughs> yeah so basically when there's no dialogue going on it actually there's a voice that kind of describes what's going on in the scene and sometimes it's very helpful because it actually confirms some suspicions that I have about certain things. And there's actually something I'll bring up later, which the audio description did confirm. Um, but uh, it's been very useful at times on the second go around for writing notes. And um, yeah, there was a, a description about uh, Fennec's dagger, not a vibroblade, a dagger. And when you take a real close look at it, it's not vibrant. Like it's a dagger with got some green blood on it. It's just stationary, right? And we've had this discussion before about the Clone Wars and then going into live action. We saw Vibroblades for the first time. And uh, I feel like we're like, oh, finally we get to see the, the daggers are actually Vibroblades. They're actually moving and all that stuff. Um, this episode was the first live action episode. I think we've seen a dagger that wasn't a Vibroblade that wasn't vibrating and looked more close to the animated daggers that we've seen before which tells me that both daggers and vibroblades are canon and are in the Star Wars universe. Not every dagger is a vibroblade, vice versa kind of thing, which is interesting. No, that makes sense. Interesting I, to note. I would yeah. be, I'd be surprised if they were all fiberblades, right? Right. It's easy to make just a knife. I'm sure there's also like ritual daggers and all sorts of stuff like that. Because, I mean, look at Rise of Skywalker. They managed to make a dagger that perfectly fits the outline of the Death Star. <laughs> so ridiculous <laughs> that was like the stupidest part of the movie <laughs> they have to yeah. stand in that exact spot like no kidding me it's, like, it's no because way. jj likes goonies that's what oh it was. my goodness jj i mean i've got a million things to, to say sense. to that guy don't think about it <laughs> i'm trying not to man. anyway anyway um yeah so uh you know okay okay one thing about this fight thing that i want to bring up uh, Boba's gaffy stick and his new skills enable him to defeat Bane. He's kind of come full circle because um, he was at one point one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy. And so was Bane, right? And Bane and Boba, both a student of Jango, then Boba, also a student of Cad Bane as well. Like they all kind of have this strong connection with each other and uh, a very high set of skills. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a great rivalry there. I'm going to talk extensively about it. But I love that this reinvention process that he went through wasn't wasted you know like if if this entire show was leading up to this finale of him versus his past right like his ultimate rival like if it like even as bad as this kind of 
uh, confrontation was, in our opinion, well, I don't, I don't know, bad. I don't know. Maybe just uh, it wasn't as good as we were hoping for, is what I should say. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, uh, but even it wasn't the, necessarily bad. Right. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily bad. It's just it, it could have been better. Uh, and you know, it, uh, taking that though and running with that and assuming that that is like the pinnacle villain that Boba is fighting in this reinvention process of like improving uh, who he's going to be uh, after his resurrection, so to speak, out of the Sarlacc pit. Uh, I feel like the the whole Tuscan Raider arc was not wasted uh, when they True. pulled out the gaffy stick and he kills Cad Bane with the gaffy stick. Uh, it no, was... that, that's a good good point. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, if, if you think about it that way, artistically, that's him destroying who he was and, like, really coming in, like, and accepting who he is now. Yeah. Where he's, where he's gotten to, right? Exactly. But again, unless you've watched the Clone Wars, you're not going to know that. So they needed to, to ex- extend this episode to explain that to people. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And, it, you know, and once again, it just kind of extends to my reason that I always throw out once in a blue moon. Go and watch the Clone Wars. <laughs> like, if like people listening, anybody out there. I mean, like, Clone Wars is such a good show. And, you know, it is long. But, I mean, if we can sit down every week... And then watch a seven episode series about Boba Fett and then kind of like, uh, uh, you know, longingly wait for the next live action Star Wars show. There's a couple months in there, right? There's a couple months where we're just not watching any Star Wars. Go and watch the Clone Wars. I mean, it, like it's, it's, it's the last thing George Lucas ever did. It's some of the best Star Wars stories that we've ever had. And there's Clone Wars arcs that are significantly better than what we've seen so far in the live action shows. Um, I think the only drawback for some people is, oh, it's animation. Um, if you can get past the animation standpoint, it is fantastic. And one. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think I always recommend the chronological viewing order. It's a nightmare but because uh, it jumps around all over the place. But it does actually kind of diversify how much of season one you're watching at once. Uh, so that's kind of a nice way to split it up a little bit. But yeah, it is such a good show and it explains so much about these characters and the live action shows are really drawing off of these animated shows like a lot, you know, with with the Darksaber, with the Ahsoka show coming out, we're getting a Sabine coming back and an Ezra and Thrawn and like this is literally feeding off of Star Wars Rebels. And then, uh, you know, with a lot of stuff like with Wait, Boba. is that been confirmed or are you speculating? No, this has all been confirmed. Like uh, the, the casting of Sabine Wren has been confirmed. Uh, they've mentioned Thrawn. They're 100% going to bring him into the shows at some point. And well, just, Ezra. Oh, oh, they'll bring Ezra back for sure. I mean, like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have no doubts about that now. I mean, uh, 100%. It's going to happen. But uh, it's just a matter of, like, you know, there's these stories out there that are so big in terms of the chapter between um, where these characters start and where they're headed in the live-action series the live action series are really meant to be the conclusion to a lot of these threads that were started in animation. So, you know, I really urge anybody who asks me like, what happened to this character? What happened to that character? Like go and watch the Clone Wars, go and watch rebels. Like there it's honestly, it's the best way to experience those stories uh, rather than just reading it online or watching it in a video or listening to a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So there's work to be admired and star Wars stories to uh, digest. It's the best way to do it. It's just to watch it. But, um, yeah, do you have anything, uh, anything further to bring up? Cause I got a few things, but, 
Yeah, I, I think we should probably move on to some other other topics here. I've got a bunch of notes. Yeah. What did you think of the giant droidicas? Okay, yeah. So uh, I'm glad you brought those <laughs> up next. Um, these are unused concept art for Attack of the Clones, which was never used in the films. Uh, they're called. That's cool. Yeah, they're called Scorp Neck Annihilator Droids, and uh, yes, it keeps. Scorpneck? Yeah, and uh, they're not <laughs> mentioned by name in the episode, but they are mentioned once again. The audio description, lifesaver, mention them by name in the audio description of the episode, which is really really cool. Oh, neat! Because it canon. So the name's the canon. Then. Yeah, it is canon. Yeah. So until this That's, episode, I really like. Sorry. Yeah, go, oh, I, say, I really like their design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, did, it did feel fairy attack of the clones. Like if, the, if these were fighting right next to those big wheel droids from Geonosis, they yes. would just fit together so well. Exactly, yeah. So um, on the Wikipedia, uh, they are created by Colicoid Creation Nest, which is also the same company that produces Droidicas and uh, a, uh, the Trident class assault ship droids and uh, which are those big squid underwater ship things that attack Camino. Uh, and they also random. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're also the same company also made um, Pistoka. I think that's pronounced Pistoka buzz, uh, Pistoka sabotage droids, which is also known as buzz droids in uh, episode three. So uh, it's pretty cool. But they didn't make the droids, the, or the ships that they come out of the uh, tri fighters. I uh, I don't know. Um, you know, it'd be weird I, if I, they made Buzz Droids, but not the Tri Fighters. The Tri Fighters <laughs> are not listed, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it, it being used by the Trade Federation, I guess, like, oh, well, we can just put them in here. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to note that yeah, these are made by the same company that makes the Droidicas, and uh, you know, was an unused concept design for Attack of the Clones that they recycled into the live action shows which they've done numerous times with other other things but it's just so cool to see uh yet again you know unused concept art being uh, reused uh for a story later on because it is star wars stuff right like every unused concept art uh whether it's 20 years old or or 30 years old or newer or whatever was done from an artist in the standpoint of this is for star wars right like they didn't True. just pull yeah. this from they didn't just pull this from the dusty drawer that was designed for uh you know Star Trek 4 or whatever right like like an ILM or whatever like they they literally pulled this out of this was done with Star Wars in mind and it was never used let's use it now and probably right? under the direction of George Lucas yeah 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 exactly and and um also the Scorpionek uh annihilator droids did show up in a 2006 uh it was like a star wars essential droids or a star wars essential warfare it was like a resource book you know like when one of those visual resource books uh it did have an appearance in there so i guess um and the, it was worked into some art uh some art with uh, like dooku and stuff like that so no uh, random but, okay well that's cool well, yeah that came super out. cool yeah they yeah were i thought it was really so funny though beefy. that they were so beefy, man. Like, like oh, they're huge. Yeah, yeah. and like fighting the, rancors. The shields were like impenetrable. I feel like like with droid because like rocket launcher would have taken them out no problem. But uh, these things are just like and and to see the rancor fight them. All, oh, honestly, like I don't, I don't know if that's a, that's a whole another subject we can bring up maybe now or whenever you want. But 
the Rancor we'll get fight. In the reference to it. Yeah. So the, the Rancor fight between like these droids and the Rancor was, was amazing. Like the, that was the best. To me, this was like the highlight of the episode was seeing Boba on top of the Rancor fighting these big ass droids. Like that was like <laughs> what I think it's been all leading up to kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It was super cool. <laughs> yeah. I admit it did feel a little like uh fan filmy to me at times <laughs> with like, Look, there's like Rancor, he's like fighting robots, and the Boba Fett's there, he's like riding the Rancor, it's like so, so cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like, but, I don't know, uh, I mean, like, yeah. this is, this is like, uh, I don't know, a little like good time to like play like the real steel, like theme song or something like that, you know? <laughs> Have you right. ever seen that movie? No. Real Steel with the Hugh Jackman? No, I've never seen this. What is this? The Real Steel theme song. Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Random. Yeah. Like, uh, though it was at times fan filmy, it was also super cool. Yeah, yeah, it was It was pretty so awesome. That, it was pretty awesome. The, y- the way the Rancor You could tell they pulled... Yeah, they made it really fast, yeah. which was interesting compared to what we see in Return of the Jedi. Even though it did some of the classic Return of the Jedi moments, where like, yeah, the eating the guy and like yeah. eats him and everything. Yeah, yeah, that was that great. Was super cool. I also thought the power behind chucking a guy behind him and that just smash into a building way across the city was awesome. Dude, <laughs> that was from Rancor Rampage, the video yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, Rancor. That's Rampage. what you can do. Yeah, I know we brought it up earlier in this in the show when we when we met the Rancor, but uh, it's so true. You know, if anyone hasn't. Played Played Star Wars Connect on Xbox. I know it's a, it's probably a hard find or something like. Just look it up on YouTube. Rancor Rampage Dude, Star Wars Connect. You know what we have to do. We yeah. have to do a supercut where we should do Star Wars Connect and do like a screen grab recording, and then we'll just cut it into the middle of of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing, dude. That'd be right? amazing. You know, it works so well. Like I feel like uh, you know this game mode. You know, if it wasn't if it wasn't directly being referenced, as like we have to make this into a show. Uh, I feel like it's just such a coincidence. You know, like <laughs> well, they definitely pulled from it, like one hundred percent. And what's funny is that actually makes that game canon. <laughs> the events of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you just play as a rancor and you you just smash through buildings. And you can pick people up and throw them or eat them or whatever, right? Like, it was exactly what he did. Yeah. Or what she did, I guess, as a female rancor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I feel like um, um, the the rancor kind of climbing around the city like that uh, it had a bit of a Godzilla vibe to it, you know? Godzilla and King Kong. And King Kong. Yeah, and King Kong. Yeah. 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 Mixed together. Um, because, uh, yeah. something, something about, uh, because obviously I don't know, we, we haven't really talked too much about Grogu's return in this episode, but, uh, using R2's shuttle service, uh, <laughs> but, um, when he reunites with uh, the Mandalorian and he kind of, he kind of saves his neck like twice, uh, first, first time he stops the legs from just crushing him, right. By pulling <laughs> yeah. out like a, 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 a gear or something like that. <laughs> But yeah. he also does this crazy thing with the force, puts it to sleep, and all that, and uh, you know the the fearlessness yeah, in Grogu. He's a just, calm beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a force power we've seen before in animation and all that. But um, and Anakin uses it attack of the clones when he rides that the uh, the rhino. What's the name the rhino thing? The, the reek. Yeah. Reek. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's funny that Grogu's better at it than 
Anakin is though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just. Yeah. It was funny. Also, <laughs> I thought it was funny that you you worded it saved his neck because I'm positive that while they're escaping from the tank and they're riding on the the chariot thing, the robot chariot. I'm pretty sure Grogu just uses the force to break that droid's neck. <laughs> yeah, I, I I saw that too. I thought that... <laughs> like what? Why? Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I was that actually like a thing, or or, or was that just? A I think coincidence? so. Because I saw it the first time, and I, I, I it caught my eye. I'm like that's weird. And then the second time, I was looking for it, and I'm pretty sure Grogu just breaks the neck of this droid. Maybe he's just pissed. He's like he's like I'm Could done be. with this droid. I, yeah. The other option is perhaps off screen the droid got like shot and damaged, or the uh, the lady she like throws her wrench at it. Maybe she like <laughs> damaged the droid. Yeah, Pally or Pelly or yeah. whatever her name. Yeah, I forget. And Grogu's just trying to use the force to keep the droid together. But I don't know. That's that's like a, a fan fix. You know what I mean? Like a fan fix to the what's happening because yeah. it looks like he's just like. Like force choking this droid and like break its neck. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Um, I, I do have to like throw one criticism out there, uh, if any. This this was like the one thing that kind of broke the night for me, though. Uh, as far as things, I was like, Ugh, you know, just a head shake moment. Pelly, the mechanic. I think I never. I don't think she's ever been more annoying, other than like this episode. <laughs> she was just the most annoying character. Grogu, like, that's a horrible name. I'm not calling you that. Dude, between like the chip tooth and like the whole like thing, I don't. It's just the whole. I just couldn't do it, man. Like like the whole time. Anytime I saw her, I was like, just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't bother me that bad. And then when and then when she pulls up with Grogu and the thing, I don't know. Maybe I was just in the moment with like you know like Mandalorian's like turn away, you know, get get out of here. And she's like, what? I can't hear you. Like, like yeah. just turn around and leave. Yeah, I think it was Kelvin who brought it up, but I, I believe a lot of her lines are improv. Yeah. Which is why it, they're so cringy. Yeah, I think it was Kelvin or Bryce, one of them mentioned that she's she's traditionally a, 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 a comedian. Comedian, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it, it's true. Like a lot of her lines might be improvised rather than scripted but anything she yeah. says just doesn't really feel like star wars to me yeah it's weird well i mean i'm positive this was a improv line oh you Grogu, you must be hungry droids get some dung worms <laughs> feed them like poop worms yeah yeah poop worms yeah oh man just i don't know like i mean like i'm chuckling about it now but in actual fact like when i'm watching the episode i'm like oh, like <laughs> It's probably why you find it so cringy is she tries to make every line a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tries to she tries to just be almost too funny, too quirky, I guess, right? And yeah. you know, there's people out there that must love this character as well. Like I mean, I mean I must be at the opposite end of the spectrum compared to those fans, but um I don't know. I just there's something about the character that for me just doesn't do it. Like it just doesn't work for me. Uh, I don't mind it. She's quirky. I would never say she's my favorite, but she doesn't bother me that much. I feel like in other episodes, she bothered me less. Like when she was helping Mando build the ship, I didn't mind her at all. Um, but in this episode, there was something about her. I was like, there's just, I don't know. She's just in this intense moment. She just doesn't fit the vibe of this scene right now. Like it almost felt like uh, I was watching a Marvel movie, like Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. Right. And like, I can get into Marvel movies, but uh, like, I love Marvel movies, loves Guardians of the Galaxy, but there's like a certain tone there that just kind of, stays true to the whole movie and this just didn't feel like i mean not only does she never feel like a star wars character to me 
anytime she shows up. In this episode, it bothered me the most because she showed up in a really intense moment that was also kind of be, it's like, okay, this is Boba versus Cad Bane going on. We got Rancor Rampage tearing up Rancor Mos Espa. And then we got this like redneck chick running around screaming her head off. Like, what is going on here? I mean, like, I could totally do without Pelly for the entire episode. I would be happy. But, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the expression is, uh, to which his own or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> each their own yeah, yeah to each i don't own. know yeah. It, yeah they needed a character that was colorful i think like i guess so kind of kooky so. yeah it didn't work I, for me I, the, but. the reason why i i think it kind of works for me is because she's isolated on tatooine and she just works that's no true. That's true. her only friends are like these these mechanic droids that are canonized to be really goofy and kind of incompetent the pit droids yeah yeah the pit they, droids, they, yeah. they actually do work kind of well with her in a weird way like they kind of fit each other very well but um i don't know it must have just been the i think the unscripted thing for me just is a huge kind of dent in the way i perceive that character because nothing she says feels like star wars because i've heard goofy things in star wars before maybe this is the way that people perceive jar jar i don't know but uh, because I don't mind Jar Jar, but uh, but you know that's so much farther on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> this slapstick cartoon character from like the original Mickey Mouse makes sense in this in this series. I don't know, man. This, this a, woman like... who cracks jokes and works as a mechanic. <laughs> she is kind of slapstick though. Like when it when you watch the episode, it's like anything she does is like just kind of just kind of like a ha ha kind of thing you know like i don't know it's just it's, uh, yeah yeah it's just like it's like just a, meant to, yeah <laughs> i guess the, that's the idea like it's these really like cringy jokes like these dad jokes it's right? cringy like, oh. that's the yeah that's the word i'm looking for it's cringy uh the uh like whenever i see jar jar whenever i, see, I mean jar jar to me anytime i see him on screen it, it's just it is funny because of how stupid ridiculous he is you know like and and but I'll, I can see why people will say that doesn't feel Star Wars. Right, used right, to right. Exactly. The original trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can I, compared to the original trilogy, I was like, yeah, that doesn't really feel like Star Wars at all. But then, but you know, I think it's just, uh, I think Pelly is my Jar Jar, you know, for, to a lot of people who hate Jar Jar. Like, <laughs> Pelly's the new Jar Jar to me. She's just like, doesn't fit Star Wars. She's like too goofy. And I don't know, for me, it just doesn't work very well. But, uh, but yeah, you, I mean, you make a good case for, for the pit droids and the, the, the weird kind of, uh, isolated, no friends thing on a desert planet. Um, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you can kind of put it together. And the pit yeah. droids are—they're all always uh, slapstick as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the pit droids are always uh, always been slapsticks. You know, uh, slapstick, <laughs> slapstick. There you go. <laughs> Don't sue me. Okay, uh, let's let's move on uh, to um, to something else. Before here. we before we skip all of the droid stuff. I thought it was super cool that the droids shields they sw they switched it to double front and they made the rear of the shield weaker so Mando could cut his way through. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that was just because the Rancor was kind of attacking it from the front side that maybe like it diverted more of its energy there, but um, but yeah, that was a, think, that was an interesting yeah. piece there that they put in. Yeah, yeah, because just like ships uh, ship shields in A New Hope, even right, one of the the throwaway dialogue lines is switch shields to double front 
Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, right. they're expecting all impact from the front when it could make sense. And all the old X-Wing games and stuff, you could do that. You could switch your shield to double front. Yeah. So it moves like a section of the power that was at the rear to the front. And that's why yeah, it went red, right? Because it, like, it was like weaker yeah. was kind of the idea. And Mando, they could cut through it because it wasn't as strong. That's I true. thought that was cool. Yeah, and on the Falcon, something... uh, Solo always references the, defl- the, you know, the deflector shields, you know, like the frontal, yeah. the, the frontal deflector shields, right? Sure, he'd have all power to the frontal defective, deflective shields or whatever, right? Um, yeah, that'd be the same idea. Yeah, yeah, same idea, I guess. So, I think that's the first time we've seen a visual representation of it in canon. Yeah, because the droidicas have always had these bubble shields as well. So I guess it's just kind of the, the evolution of that technology and something bigger and more kind of badass. But, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's cool to finally see something like this because, you know, I feel like this is super prequel looking, you know, like uh, 100% something the Trade Federation used that we just never got in the Clone Wars. And I feel like if Clone Wars was to continue going on, uh, these things would have showed up. But uh, yeah, just a brilliant, brilliant idea. Whoever, whoever ideas it was to bring this design back into uh, the canon uh, or into the canon for the first time, because I don't think it ever showed up in EU either. Uh, really awesome. You know, great choice. So, um, yeah, okay, we've covered Fennec. Um, uh, uh, I want to mention I got... da- just a quick <laughs> I got... thing. Yeah. Just a quick thing. Okay, okay. Danny yeah. Treasure's presence was really missing in this episode. I feel like with the Rancor showing up, Boba, like we were kind of led to assume that Boba learned how to ride the Rancor in the episodes that we spent with the Mandalorian. Uh, in that you're referring depth. to machete right yeah machete yeah danny treasure okay yeah. so you call him by his real name machete machete yeah just machete <laughs> yeah so uh, i feel like in this final battle it would have been really sweet to have machete show up like you know who's 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 better at tearing apart some pikes other than machete you know like who's, who's better at tearing apart anybody other than machete right like i feel like he uh there could have been a lot more to that character and uh i don't know it could have been like maybe this weird kind of last minute useful ally that shows up in the time of need you know what i mean yeah that's a good point you said because mando specifically says you're out of friends yeah and machete never showed up exactly yeah it's just like dude where's machete <laughs> you know <laughs> mother flipping machete we get him in here yeah like uncle machete <laughs> bring the gadgets uncle machete it's a good point like Again, this is something that I think comes at the cost of they tried to do too much in one episode. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, if they spread it out, man, like, how, yeah, you're right. That's so, like, Machete could have, like, been there for, like, the release of the Rancor. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or, or I like, was also thinking about when, like, the the mods and all the other, the, the Freetown people were, were kind of backed up into a corner. And uh, uh, I think it was, like, uh, one, of the, one of the characters, one of the mods and one of the other characters, like, goes on top of a rooftop and uh, takes up sniper positions or whatever, which ended up being a very underwhelming little part of their their plan to survive. But I feel like it would have been super freaking sweet to have this moment where all the pikes stop shooting, and then we get, like, Machete just, like, standing in the side street or something like that, holding a blaster, and then boom! Like, you know, just freaking tears everyone apart kind of thing, right? Like, something happens where, uh, you know, he's just going all nuts on these dudes, and, and, and uh, it's like, okay, this guy's a killer. You know, like a fierce, a fierce killer kind of thing, right? Like, uh, I feel like that was that was kind of a wasted opportunity, but um, I should have done something or with, have with him Robert like directing too. You know, with Robert Rodriguez directing this episode true. too, it's like why not have him show up? You know, it's like 
Was it a budget thing? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like it was more of a time thing than anything. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe Machete was like, oh, I want this much money. Like, I would have the budget for it. But I, I don't know. I feel like he would have done it just for the sake of doing it. It's like, one of those missed opportunities. It's cool, right? Yeah. It's one of those yeah. missed opportunities that I are probably on my top 10. It's probably on my top 10 list of missed opportunities of Star Wars stories in entirety. I mean, this goes kind of in the same list of no force ghost Anakin in the sequels. Uh, it also is on my list of uh, when Anakin says, don't make me kill you. He should have said, don't make me destroy you. Like wh- how Vader says it, right? Like, and they didn't do right. that. And it's like, it's like a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. One small little directorial change and boom, could have been way better. And uh, it just didn't happen, right? So, just missed. Yeah. Yeah. This one I don't was, know if I put it on the same, same level as that, but. I feel like we need to do a right podcast here. episode of just missed opportunities in Star Wars. I'm putting that <laughs> on the list right now. We're going to do it. <laughs> Missed opportunity podcast. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, sounds like you never get it right. <laughs> that, that's why you listen to Star Wars Escape Pod, everybody. Nobody else does stuff yeah, like this. That's right. I feel bad for jumping all over the place because I keep going back to the same things. and But I missed a couple things I wanted to bring up. Uh Namely, uh, when Boba's riding the Rancor, did you notice the the reference that he did uh, calling back to the uh, Emperor Palpatine line? Uh, what was that? What, what was it? Remind me again what this is. So the Rancor like picks up the droid. This is right towards the end of the fight. Yeah, and it cuts to Boba, and he goes. What? And then he, and then the Rancor like rips the droid. Oh in yeah, yeah, yeah! I did catch that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? Why did, they, why did they throw that in there? I feel, I feel like that was just like a nod to the the the, the internet. You know, I feel like that was a, a nod right, to right. everyone on on <laughs> Giphy or Gif.com or whatever. You know, people who made the memes, the YouTube videos, the everything. Yeah, that 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 oh just references do it and and boom, yeah. do it, do it. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. No, oh. no. I, I don't. That was really funny. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to like. Um, there, I have no complaints about it, but I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Anyways, um, and the fact that it was like right before he that he ripped the droid in half, just like Anakin like cut the head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I know. I, sorry, I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but I forgot to bring something up. Um, when, uh, when the betrayal happens and, and, uh, you know, Boba and, and his allies and stuff are, are starting to begin getting attacked by the Trandoshans and, and, uh, the Aqualition and this and that or whatever. Um, Black Chrysanthemum has, has this moment where he's just under fire and takes like freaking like 10 hits or something like that. Like he gets like, it's a lot. he gets yeah. blasted apart like a lot and the dude just doesn't seem to fall like for me i was like you know it was it was a moment of like okay this guy's a boss but then it just kept going and i was like when does it end and then it just kept going again and i was like i don't think he can take much more and then he lives <laughs> yeah i was like what is going What's, on here i mean it's I funny because like i think it has to do with a lot of the old video games right so the yeah. in the games wookies are always really tough because they can't wear armor right. so they get extra health 
And so if we're playing FFG and stuff, Wookiees are always like really, really strong to take a lot right, of hits. Yeah. So I think it's kind of in relation to that. Maybe. Like they're tough. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I mean, like it's uh it just kind of threw me off a little bit because I was just so flabbergasted that like I'm like this guy should be going down by now. And then you just kept going and going and going. I was like, okay, all right, how much more can he take? That's like, you know, nine hits, ten hits, eleven hits, twelve hits, like <laughs> yeah, four, yeah. four in the just same arm. Like, yeah, this guy should he's not got, be able to move after this. <laughs> he's got that horribly broken ankle and he's just like walking on it to like get back to cover. <laughs> I mean, I feel like when he gets behind this, the the tank, you know, and Boba leans down in the heat of the battle, and he's like, he's "Oh like, man, I owe you a nice bathe in the back to tank when we get back to the palace." <laughs> yeah, that line felt so out of place to me. Yeah. I think this is not the I'm time. Like, I'm like, I, I feel like I wanted to hear Black or Santa just start speaking up, like, "You owe me a new spine, brother." This <laughs> <laughs> is like. Let's have this huge monologue, like we're all like getting shot at in the middle of a battle. Yeah. You know, you could have just said something like, "I didn't think you were gonna make it," yeah. and that'd be enough, <laughs> or nothing, or just kind of like yeah. a subtle acknowledgement that you lived, and then boom, just keep going. You know, it's like I owe you a nice bath in the back to think. Might as well have some tea Perhaps. while we're at it. In fact, I'll have the service Perhaps. bring you our finest pork. <laughs> Perhaps after this battle, you and I could share a, a bath in the back to tank. Yeah, we can bathe together. <laughs> bathe in the back to back to brothers. The best of friends. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You know, something crossed my mind when they were dealing with the droid tanks. Yeah. Why didn't they try doing the slow roll with a grenade like they did in Clone Wars? I don't know. I was, you know, and I was thinking about this when Din Djarin approaches the thing with the, with the dark saber. I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Cause, uh, they, they spent an entire episode, Anakin and, uh, Ahsoka and Rex teaching, uh, Saw Gerrera and his rebel squad on, uh, Onderon how to, uh, blow up a destroyer. And, and, you know, they had to toss the grenade just at the right speed, you know, just so it rolls through the shield, goes yeah. off. Not big, too fast or it'll bounce off. Exactly. Yeah. Big story moment. And, you know, I was like, okay, maybe he's going to find a way to break through the shield. Although they did kind of point out with Black Chrysanthemum trying to get through the shield that yeah, he actually struggled a lot. So, I mean, maybe it goes back to what you were saying about the, the extra power on the shield uh, in whichever area that these things want. Because they're a bit clunky. Right. Like it takes them a while to turn around, right? So maybe the yeah, shield is designed... Big. Yeah, maybe the shield is designed to kind of... Like stronger. Uh, yeah, it's designed to uh, almost fix that issue with having but, but any kind of vulnerability. Thing, here's the thing, though. It's walking through a town, and the shield's not blowing up walls as it's pushing through. So that means yeah. it would have to f go over stuff. Right. So and it, we see that it walks past Black Chrysanthemum, and it doesn't notice him. So you could, in theory, then sit on the ground and wait till it walks over you and then kill it from the inside. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Unless, yeah, that's true, actually. Well, unless, uh, unless it's only organic beings that don't make it through, right? Because, um, you know, there was... Then uh, you could throw grenades. <laughs> yeah. I guess because there was the, uh, the, the moment in the Clone Wars theatrical movie, the animated show, that, you know, Anakin... And Ahsoka have to disable the shield 
but the shield passes over living things. It only penetrate. It only. Uh, it's like the the Gungan shields, right? Like like people can pass through them, but it only repels blaster fire, right? And and energy uh, yeah. energy weaponries, right? Yeah. So I don't know. This shield just felt different to me. It felt a little more. Um, little less fragile a little more kind of like tuned to keep everything out but yeah you're right i don't know i mean uh, that's certainly a question they uh, could have tried a few other things i'm just saying they could have yeah yeah especially because black chrysanthemum was already so close and didn't notice him <laughs> um i, I want to bring up the now that we're, we're kind of talking about the dark saber in the in the in there um i want to bring up the 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 weight of this dark saber is really starting to um i don't know like it's starting to grow on me in a, kind of a bad way uh, because like I was just thinking about it the other day, I was like, "Pre Vizsla swung that thing around, no problem, you know." And um, if they're really starting to introduce a new piece of Lord of the lightsaber, where they really are heavy, and it really takes like a skilled force user to connect with the crystal in a certain way that makes them lighter or whatever, whatever they're trying to do with that, um, seeing him again, kind of wielding this sword, uh, as cool as I love the dark saber and I love that Dinjarin has it. Uh, I just want him to use it properly, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, you know, seeing him trying to lug this thing around and trying to heavily kind of swing it into the shield and stuff, it just felt a little awkward to me. And, uh, you know, it's just, just like kind of a minor kind of thing that I hope to see a little more resolved in the story going forward, because uh, I want I him think to that be able the to idea. use it. Yeah. And I want him to be able to use that way better. And, and I just felt like it could have just contributed to more awesome shots if he was able to use it properly in this fight, uh, which obviously didn't happen, but um, you know, and he did, he did get a kill with it, which is cool. But you know, it's just like, I don't know. It just felt a little clunky still with him trying to like, uh, you know, like swinging this thing around and stuff. So yeah. Um, Cause he, he swings it. It's more like a hammer. Yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. It's more like a uh, Stormbreaker, Like, you know, Thor's like massive ax. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. As you were saying. So there's just way too much weight behind it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. So do you Grogu, any... do you want to talk about Grogu? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Grogu for a second. Yeah. So he picked the armor apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So we finally get the, the outcome of Grogu's decision or his choice, which, um, really it, it was, it was kind of, I think we all suspected that that was going to happen. Right. Uh, it's true. And I know a lot of people were hoping he'd pick the lightsaber just for the fact that it would, it would break the cannon. <laughs> Because Ben Solo is supposed to be Luke's first student. Right? It, yeah, you know, AJ mentioned this the other day as well to me. And and uh, and I also kind of brought up the fact that in Rise of Skywalker, they kind of also confirmed that prior to Ben Solo, technically Leia was his first student, if you really count her, um, which they kind of keep a hidden fact until the final movie because they retroactively changed like everything yeah but but you know like they kind of they kind of like if we're going with like the established canon in in the ninth and final film which is so far the end point of the uh star wars stories at large uh technically his first apprentice is leia and i don't really know when that flashback takes place but it's obviously right after return of the jedi at some point because she and him are both very young looking, right? Like they both look, yeah, they look like, similar. Yeah, they both look like Endor just happened kind of thing. So, so probably within a few years, let's say. I feel like because these shows take place five years after Episode Six, I feel like Leia has already learned the ways of the Force at this point. 
Um, and I feel like at this point, That's probably true. She's already kind of moved on from that, and she's uh, she's kind of gone on to um, be a politician again. And uh, it's around this time that uh, Ben has been conceived ish because he is supposed to be because Force Awakens is twenty nine years after Episode Six. And Ben Solo, I believe, is supposed to be close to his late 20s when when Force Awakens happens. And Ray is a couple years younger. It's established within the story at some point. I totally forget what the age difference is. But around this time is when Ray is born. And Ben Solo's older. So the moment that Luke trains Leia has happened already. So technically, she has been his first apprentice before he built the academy, right? Which also explains why that flashback sequence of them fighting in the woods happened without a temple in the background of any kind. It was just them in the trees. So, yeah, yeah just throwing that out there. But, yeah. Um, hmm. but yeah. It does make it strange now, though, because... So, at this point, you're saying, like, in the current timeline of this episode, mm -hmm. Ben Solo is born. Born or soon to be, yeah. Or probably born already, though, by not that long ago. Okay, so when does Luke take him on as an apprentice? How old is Ben? He takes him on as an apprentice around the age of... Uh, I feel like it's only a couple years away. I feel like he takes him on when he's I think like... he'd be a toddler. When he's like eight or like maybe a bit younger. But the Rise of Kylo okay, Ren comic a, yeah. is kind of spaced apart a little bit. Like there's a bit of a some some little time jumps here and there that happen um over not too lo long of a distance but you know just enough that th the story is clearly based in his uh mid to later years of luke's training where he's already learned yeah. quite a lot yeah but i guess we could reference it to the prequels i doubt that he would train him as an infant but he, that means you probably start at let's say the earliest like six mm -hmm. uh, probably closer to eight right that means that Luke was looking to train Grogu now. And if Ben was just born or like in this rough time zone, this is probably going to be a gap between attempting to, to train Grogu and taking on his next apprentice of like almost like seven years, seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. That's a really long time. Yeah. Um, just give up training people. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, okay. So I, uh, so I just looked it up and, uh, yeah. So Ben Solo is born five years, um, after, uh, sorry, hold on. Ben Solo born, uh, born five ABY, uh, one year and four days after the battle of Endor. So, uh, so Ben is already born at this point. He's like about four years old. What? What? He's born how many days after Endor? Uh, one year and four four days, I believe it said. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. I just heard four days. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was pregnant the whole time. <laughs> is is Han Solo really the father? <laughs> this changes everything. What? <laughs> Oh no! Dang, dude. Luke and Leia didn't even know they were siblings. Oh my god, this, this changes the whole story. <laughs> no, Ben was born uh, in five ABY, one year and four days after the Battle of Endor, and uh, uh, on uh, Tran Tran 
Chandrila. Um, yeah. And so uh, this, so around the time of this show is probably when Ray is being born because I think five years ish is, uh, is actually the age difference in the canon. Uh, so Ben is already born at this point. He's about four or five years old. Um, so we're only about maybe two to three years away from Luke taking him on as an apprentice. Um, realistically, okay, if the if the old Jedi Order was around, though, they would have already taken him on at this point. Like they would have already yeah, got him. Yeah, I don't think he'll do it the same though. He started late, right? So I don't think he's gonna yeah. be like, oh, we need to train them. They're, they're almost three. It'll be too late if we wait any longer. Yeah, and you know, it's to be like to be honest with you, like I actually think we're gonna see a very young Ben Solo at some point. Uh, we're probably going to see a, a super like maybe you know like a like a young kid like five six maybe seven at some point that's supposed to be a young Ben Solo portrayed with you know really dark black hair or something like that um, you know I think it's going to happen I think it's going to happen at some point um, which would be kind of cool I mean you know to bridge the gap and stuff you know it's like yeah it'd be it'd be neat do you want Grogu and him to meet and they'll like shake the little baby hands and like. <laughs> Hi, Grogu. I've been so long. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I'm having a missed opportunity. Yeah, Put it on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what's cool is they did confirm that that temple that we see being constructed in that episode is the temple that Luke does train uh, his students at that's featured in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book. So um, bringing, bringing a little more reference to, um, to the significance of that comic book, which is, which is really cool. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Mando. Yeah, Mando and Grogu, they exit for the stars. They're off to season three of Mandalorian, which we're going to see, I guess, it's later this year. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I guess from that standpoint, it makes sense that he will pick the armor because then they can keep him around to sell toys for season three. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> because he sells a lot of toys yeah yeah it's just so adorable so it's from what i know of the character though with his backstory being trained as a jedi it does feel a little weird that he would not continue that yeah yeah because same as anakin gave into attachment yeah i guess so i guess i guess um I don't know. In some in some strange, I guess Grogu being being a younger part of his species, like in he's he's obviously repressed a lot of his memories because you know with Luke's whole flashback thing in the last episode, uh, we got that fragment of Order sixty six, and I thought to myself, uh, okay, yeah, he's he, you know he's obviously not remembered this because Luke had to recover the memory for him when he asked Grogu, "Would you like to remember?" Right, so there's a lot that Grogu actually doesn't remember about the the old days, about the the, the Republic and that the time period. Right. Um. So, a, a, with that, as a lot of his Force knowledge and everything. So, anything that he's kind of learned from Luke, the way that Luke put it is, he's more or less remembering that I am teaching him. Remembering. Yeah. yeah. And so he's almost recovering fragments of his memory. It's almost like how they did Jedi Fallen Order. I know Phil hates the game, but you know I quite love how they did the Force power up thing because. To me, it was like this is here's a guy who's not used his force powers, become disconnected from the force over time, and here we are, you know, ten years or seven years or five years later, whatever it is, I forget, uh, where he's trying to remember what he's already learned, right? And the way that the level up system works, the force powers like upgrading works is like he, uh, you know, we start to recover the memory of to how how to do certain things. Uh, so that makes sense. 
Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. We might see Grogu kind of self-improve a little bit with his Force powers. Maybe he knows enough that he's, like, confident. I mean, we did see him take down a Rancor, right? So That's true. I don't know. To me, maybe this is because of, like, a lot of the prequel stuff mm-hmm. of kind of what we learned about, like, Force users. But it seemed like in that era, if they didn't train that person, once they have this level of control of the force, then they were pretty much guaranteed to turn to the dark side. Right. Yeah. And, and there's like a, there's like a worry that the Jedi have about, yeah, I guess the Jedi who aren't disciplined enough, uh, you know, who give into their attachments, uh, kind of fall that direction. Right. Um, but it's really, uh, I mean, we've seen, We've seen students of the Jedi leave the order before like Ahsoka who haven't necessarily become like a Sith Lord or anything like that, but they've left. On no, their but own she accord. was already trained enough that she, she had the heart of a Jedi, right? And she knew, yeah. she knew the, the dangers of the dark side. True. That's the main thing because Grogu, I don't think he would know at this point, the dangers of the dark side. Why would he not take an easier path? You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe Caleb Doom, maybe, maybe Canon Jarrus, right? Like he's a good example. So he was like a, he was a young Padawan when Order 66 happened. Like he wouldn't have known nearly as much as Ahsoka did. And he Still, was... Still, it's different because Grogu is an infant. <laughs> yeah, I don't, okay. Well, if it's, if he's an infant though, with these powers, right? Uh, I don't know if, I, I don't know if that's really enough to kind of, give him any motive to to turn to the dark side or anything like that i mean uh you know he could definitely use his powers in a dark jedi way and use them to harm people but which he has accidentally in the past you know he's like almost choked people to death right yeah yeah exactly but i mean like yeah i think i think it was more or less this kind of thing kind of like ray right like this uncontrolled power that's that's there and he doesn't know how to quite use it, and he just can't really remember how how to do so, right? But now he's now he's actually kind of like got a handle on things. And this episode was, if anything, was kind of the uh, the statement that they're trying to make. Grogu now knows how to use the Force, like effectively, right? Um, right. Where where uh, whether the disciplines of the Jedi kind of follow with that is a, is like a whole other question. But uh, it does make season three of Mandalorian. A lot more interesting now that you know it's not just protecting the kid the whole time now it's like the kid is actually kind of saving the guy <laughs> now he's yeah. like now he's the powerhouse of the two of them right um so yeah it's going to be an interesting Secret dynamic weapon yeah it's going to be a, for season three it's going to be an interesting dynamic it's going to add something a lot you know a lot of new material there to work with yeah i do wonder though tell me your thoughts on this does grogu t- picking the armor and then rejoining the the Mandalorian. Does that make the whole quest of the Mandalorian trying to deliver him to the Jedi pointless? I don't really know. I mean, like, I mean, okay, as an audience member, it's definitely not pointless because we got Luke, you know, all that Jedi business wouldn't have happened unless, unless it was for that plot line. So, I mean, I'm thankful. Yeah, I'm but thankful it happened regardless. Just the story from like the Mandalorian's perspective, though, right? From just just that as like story arc of like he, he's supposed to deliver the kit, yeah, and then it ends up with him not delivering, like not he gets to keep the kid, yeah, right. 
Yeah, I mean, if if it paid off for any in in story purpose, I gotta say it's like it it at least showed Grogu control over the Force, right? And it's true. Uh, he and did it, learn. It also it it also uh, saved their necks at the season two finale. Like if they didn't have that moment where he was put on the seeing stone to communicate with Luke, Luke would have never shown up when the dark troopers came hunting. They would have all died, right? So. Uh, it was uh, it, like it, you know, the, like like how Pelly of all people says the force works in mysterious ways, right? So uh, I it's guess funny like, she's the one that says that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and like I just it's interesting because like it's it's true. I mean, it was kind of just yeah, Grogu didn't necessarily become like a Jedi or you know he's. I mean, this this this, this kid's gonna live like nine hundred years old, right? Like he's always got time to go back and learn, but maybe not from Luke. Like maybe if the Jedi Order survives. I mean, I assume maybe he'll be learning from, you know, Ray or somebody, right? Like somebody who's, uh, or yeah, or whoever's alive, like in the post Rise of Skywalker era, right? Which we know nothing about. Um, Yeah, we don't know what happens to Ahsoka by that point, do we? No, I mean, we hear her voice in Ray's head in the final kind of stand, but we don't know if she's dead or alive, right? So it's uh, it's kind uh, of Someone speculated on that specific thing. It is every other voice is a dead person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so she's probably dead um and uh it, again it's uh, it's ashley Eckstein playing the voice of ahsoka in that moment so uh substantial substantial moment there for when our you know going going on our previous comparing um it's actually ashley that does play her in the live action films uh with i i'll be you know her voice only but still um, worth noting. Let's talk about this end credit sequence because uh, we see the the mod guy um, uh, uh, hovering above uh, Cobb Vanth uh, in the back of the tank. Which, I, I mean, I think we all assumed that he lived, but uh, now it's kind yeah. of confirmed. It's like okay, it's kind of confirmed that he lived. Um, likely that back to, that back to tank sequence probably means we're going to see him again. Probably means we'll see him in Mando, uh, which means we'll probably what, see what everyone think? else as well. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But do you think he's going to have just like a patch in the shoulder? Because he, you know, he got shot somewhere around the shoulder arm area. Mm-hmm. So do you think it'll be just as similar to Fennec where they'll just like take out a chunk and it'll be pretty unnoticeable? Or do you think they're going to give him like a whole droid arm? I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, a droid arm would be pretty cool, but it yeah. would be, it would make him pretty much, uh, winter soldier <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um yeah i don't know i mean like i i think we can see it like okay if i'm gonna say anything about timothy oliphant who who plays Cobb vanth right uh he he does such a great job at that character like i i love Cobb vanth because of this show right like he was he was kind of a cool character in the aftermath books but this show really the only memorable character to be honest even <laughs> yeah. though it wasn't even the main story <laughs> right yeah yeah i mean like the this like sheriff kind of dude walking around i mean i don't know he's just boba's armor yeah he's just awesome and like uh uh the, you know this la- when he fought cad bane and everything that episode like that standoff between the two of them and uh you know his his little interaction with the pikes at the beginning of that episode was fantastic you know like a 10 out of 10 kind of moment for for um cop vanth uh so like i do hope we see him again and if he's got upgrades you know bring it on <laughs> so yeah could be pretty cool it's funny because the the conversation that we hear between 
I can't remember if it's Boba or Mando, but between them and like the barkeep from Freetown, mm-hmm. they really make it sound like he's dead. <laughs> yeah, they did kind of like they kind of made it sound that way. I guess that's why they had the post yeah. scene. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear what happened to to Cobb Vanth. It's like they gunned him down in cold blood. Yeah. Like, okay, I was like, okay, I guess he's dead. <laughs> down cold blood you know and then they all show up because you know he's i don't know in my head i'm like okay maybe he is god like they all show up that's to, what i thought until the end credits he went oh okay i guess he's not dead I guess he's not I guess he's just fine <laughs> I guess he's uh and i mean they should have seen uh you know what to make it kind of more comical to add to the ridiculousness of of just some of the parts in this episode they should have had black chrysanthemum just sitting waiting for the for the back to tank like just like waiting his turn kind of thing you know that'd be pretty funny yeah, <laughs> yeah like looking been... at his watch yeah yeah it would have been kind of funny. stomping his foot he's got like a bath towel on <laughs> <laughs> like the guy waiting outside the steam room don't worry chrysanthemum you'll get your turn <laughs> he's got bob is the camera pans back bob is there he's got like his jockeys yeah, his yeah. white jockeys on. he's got he's the high the, the high-waisted <laughs> wide wide kylo ren yeah. thing going on with the bathrobe yeah and, the, and like diving goggles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like sun, the sun tanning things that's yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> that's pretty a good. That'd be bev- a good beverage bit. in one hand you know <laughs> lounge chair in the other yeah it's gonna be a good soak <laughs> Um, well, yeah. So, um, any last minute things to bring up before we wrap it up here? We we got a extra long episode today with almost there's almost just two there's hours. a lot to talk about. Like, there is there a lot should to have talk been about. two episodes. Yeah, there really is. Yeah, if there was two episodes, we 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 might even have two two hour podcast review episodes because you know these true. the last episodes. There's always so much going on. You know, it's uh, uh, I feel like even the last episode of this show, we could have we could have sat there another forty minutes and talked more about what was going on but uh, it's true yeah yeah i i got uh two cameos i wanted to call out go ahead yeah uh the first one was we saw jogan fruit at the end here There's, oh uh, yeah uh, uh, um, town yeah the jogan jogan or was a uh may may run or uh or a, something like that it was like yeah a fruit that was introduced in rebels yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Jogan Fruit, and yeah, from Rebels, and then like they give it to Boba, and then Boba gives it to Black Chrysanthemum, and he takes a bite out of it. So that was funny that they, in that episode, they talked about how Jogan Fruit was so rare, and I feel like we just keep seeing it's like the only fruit that exists in Star Wars now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And uh, you can look this one up yourself uh, at time code thirty six minutes and four seconds. Uh, there's a cameo of, I believe, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You have to look it up. <laughs> Hold on a second. Top Hold code, on. 36 minutes, 4 seconds. Hold on yeah, a I, second. I took a screenshot, so I'll send you a picture here. But for anyone listening... Oops, set the wrong one. Yeah, send me, send me this photo right. here. All right. Yeah, take a look at that. If you zoom in, he shows up twice. Wait, Two shots. Like? It's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. What? He's got his long hair there. <laughs> <laughs> Looks just like him. I know! That's gotta be him! 
Justin Trudeau, he's a, a fruit salesman or a rock salesman. Looks like selling different stones. Jeez, it's and like rocks we're, and we're seeing him all over the place. Streets, the last time I saw him, it was in uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. We saw him in his youth. <laughs> he's an actor. We all know that. He was a. He, was a, he, he, he taught drama, right? He was a drama school teacher, so it makes sense that he would be in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's. <laughs> It's true, yeah. Um, hey, we got some big news. Um, you know, uh, you know, something last minute to bring up here is uh, this past week we got the teaser poster and release date for Obi Wan Kenobi, which comes out May twenty fifth this year, which is going to be the next live action Disney show. I actually thought it was going to be Andor, but it's actually going to be Kenobi. Um, and uh, you know, there's so many people psyched for this show, man. Like, I can't tell you how much I'm excited for this. Uh, seeing Hayden back as Darth Vader, seeing uh, Ewan as, as Obi-Wan. Uh, it poses a lot of questions. This is so cool. Yeah, and, and like this fight that's supposed to happen again, this rematch uh, that they keep like hyping us up for, uh, I, I'm actually still kind of shaking my boots about it, to be honest, because uh, of like... <laughs> don't want to screw it up. <laughs> yeah, and also I don't want it to kind of, you know, decanonize any moment in episode four, but... Uh, you know, here we are, uh, what is it, 45 years after the release of A New Hope, May 25th, 1977, we got Kenobi coming out on May 25th, 2022. How, how crazy is that? It's true. I'm also worried the fact that the, the duel that they had on Mustafar in episode three was so dramatic and like the, the acrobatics and everything were so intense and so crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how, like, the next one, I don't know how, like, with the TV budget and everything, how that's going to compare, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly, like, yeah, that's why I'm shaking think, my boots. <laughs> yeah. It was also, like, the misalignment with, when I la when I last uh, saw you, I was but a learner, now I am the master, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, how are we going to reason with that, you know, like... Uh, I mean, you could argue that he's not referring to learning from Obi-Wan, but learning from Palpatine. Maybe. But this show takes place 10 years. It's like smack dab in the middle. Like it's 10 years after Revenge, 10 years prior to, or nine years prior to A New Hope. So it, it just, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster if you ask me. But uh, as cool as I want this, I'm like, I'm also kind of unsure. It's like the forbidden biscuit kind of thing, you know? I'd I'd almost wish it what they would do what they did with Anakin and General Grievous, which is like always like a near miss. Yeah, yeah. They never quite meet. Right. Just because I don't want them to... It, it just it breaks the canon that's been established. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's uh, there's, there's a lot going on, a lot at stake, you know, when telling a story like that. And uh, I don't know, I just don't want them to mess it up. So, I'm, and I like small scale stories, so I'd rather Obi Wan have to deal with something like local. But I guess the problem is we just had a whole Boba Fett series on Tatooine, so we're gonna have like the next one's also gonna only be on Tatooine. But that that'd be weird, right? So, <laughs> it's a lot of time on Tatooine. I'm not gonna lie. Exactly. <laughs> it's a middle of nowhere planet that you know no one ever goes to. People never. Some people never heard of it. Yeah. And yet, majority of the franchise takes place at Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's as weird as like maybe the whole franchise taking place on Jakku, um, but yeah, because yeah, well, Jakku, you could argue that nowhere. the most of the galaxy, nothing happens on Tatooine, but a lot of uh, interesting stories that we're yeah. looking at take place there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, 
so yeah, lots to look forward to there. I mean, you know, obviously we'll be doing our weekly uh, catch-ups about that. And, uh, you know, going forward, I mean, uh, there's going to be a lack of Star Wars content between now and that show. But, I mean, lots of stuff going on within the what literature. About, is there Bad Batch or anything coming out? That's going to be at the end of the summer. I think that's in August. So uh, we got Obi-Wan oh, I thought it was... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and or the Bad Batch season two and Mandalorian are all coming out this year uh, in I think in that order. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a a slew of stuff, but a bit of a break between, you know, mid-Feb and uh, end of May. So uh, I guess we'll be, uh, you know, taking a look back at some of the books if we got time to cover any of those. And (laughs) And there's a slew of High Republic stuff that's come out since then. We're, we're like two staple Del Rey novels behind at this point. Oh my and, gosh, uh, we'll be and, drowning uh, in them. Oh man, there's so many now. I think there's there's like nine books or something that <laughs> like we haven't read yet, but, which is crazy. And then there's also the comic series as well. But, you know, it's like, wh- when, when does it ever end, right? I mean, uh, at some point, it's like this isn't our full-time job, right? So it's like at some point, you just got to call it. <laughs> yeah fair enough i think we don't have to cover everything but i'm okay continuing like the main series the main i think there's books, two yeah. of them yeah there's two more yeah 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 sorry there's there's two running main series and then there's all the junior novels yeah there's, there's the young adults yeah. the juniors the adult novels and then the yeah. comic stuff yeah all in high republic there's an is there there's a, an adult and a young adult in high republic yeah the adult novels are like the light of the jedi and uh you know the uh whatever it's called and then uh and then the new one the fallen star or whatever and uh then the the young adult novels was the into the dark with the uh, wreath silas and uh and uh, the new one midnight horizon or whatever it's called and uh yeah, okay. and then there's the junior novels which is like the race to crash point tower and like the yeah the i test remember those of, ones test separately. of courage yeah yeah those, those ones yeah the, the adult and the young adult are all like mashed together in my head because we just read them all back to back yeah there's actually i have a lot of respect for the young adult ones i mean like the junior ones are like you know we did talk about one of them the t- test of courage it was okay it's like i mean you know it's the light whip was the cool part yeah like and, and it's obviously not targeting readers like us right but we're reading it for the heck of like well let's find out what the story is all about it's like if you're, the, if you're the right age to enjoy a story like that it's an enjoyable star wars story right but you know for for older audiences maybe not so much um but it, it's cool that it does work into that kind of overlapping story timeline that they're trying yeah. to do so yeah which on one hand i really liked it because it was cool that everything was like super current with mm-hmm. all the other books but once I was four or five books in, I just felt like I had to read everything. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I don't know. It gets a bit much at times and, and uh, just, I don't know. It, it, it all kind of, uh, uh, it, you know, it builds up. And then at some point it's like, you look back, it's like, okay, a new, new wave of, or, or a, new, uh, uh, a new set for this wave of the High Republic came out. And boom, it's like three books to read, a bunch more comics. It's like, dang, like, where, when do I do it all? Yeah. You know? Um, but, you know, for those of you out there who, who want us to cover any specific thing, you know how to reach us at our email, Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever. It's all in the description. You can you can uh, check it out down there. Uh, you can always leave a voicemail as well. We got a voicemail address. So, you know, feel free to do that as well. Um, but, yeah, is there any last minute things you want to bring up before we wrap it up here? No, I think that just about covers it. I just, I can't believe that 
Justin Trudeau was able to get into Star Wars. It's a miracle. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he enjoyed it very the, much. It's always the pretty boys. It's what like, is see, it? see, yeah. see Putin in there or Biden. <laughs> you know you've made it when uh, you've surpassed like Prime Minister level and made it to Star Wars level. <laughs> that's right. You're selling rocks up on the streets of Mos Eisley. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's way more important. <laughs> In the hearts of Star Wars fans forever. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right, man. I guess we'll uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Um, it's been a great supersized episode today. Had a great run doing this book of Boba stuff. And, uh, you know, whatever comes next. We'll see you there. Keep flying. All righty. And thank you, everyone listening at home who uh, actually made it through... Uh, our uh, our supersized review here. Hopefully, uh, we are able to keep you entertained and, and chuckling at home and uh, wherever you are in the, the in the car ride or uh, you know on your lunch break or whatever. Uh, we love uh, just chatting Star Wars and then uh, putting our conversations out there for everyone else to uh, to also listen to and enjoy. So uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, we'd love to get a review from you. Any uh, any five stars would be very helpful if you're on a platform that you can leave those. Uh, also, leaving any kind of review is super helpful as well. It helps with the algorithms, helps uh, other people find the podcast. And uh, as you know from our fun facts in the Star Wars Podcast Day episode, you'll know that there's almost 4,000 Star Wars podcasts out there. So lots of people with lots of choices. And uh, we'd love to be your choice of Star Wars podcast. So uh, help other Star Wars fans find Star Wars Escape Pod if you're a fan of us. And uh, send them a link, maybe, you know, friends, family, just uh, refer us to them. And uh, we'd love to uh, have them give us a shot. Uh, you know the ways to reach us in the description below at SW Escape Podcast for our Twitter and Instagram, as well as uh, SWEscapePodcast at gmail.com for our email. There's a link there in the description to leave a voicemail if you'd like to send us uh, any messages of your own as well as uh, answer any questions of the week uh, or uh, you know just your input on uh, what we should cover next and uh, we got a lot of fun stuff planned around the corner as well as the Star Wars Missed Opportunities episode a subject I'd very much like to cover at some point so until next time may the force be with you guys and we'll see you in the next one on Star Wars Escape Podcast